Have you ever found yourself in a state of emotional, physical and mental exhaustion? If you have, you could be experiencing burnout. Today we're going to talk about burnout, how it can affect your life and your relationships, and some things that you can do about it. If you'd like to find out more about how you can improve your relationships, head over to therelationshipmaze.com. And for more about this podcast, head over to therelationshipmazepodcast.com and press subscribe right now. Welcome to today's podcast and today we're talking about burnout. Yeah, so burnout is a a term that was coined by the psychologist Herbert Freudenberger in in the 1970s. Um, And it describes uh, a cluster of symptoms, really, not just one particular presentation, but it describes a cluster of symptoms that you experience when you're under prolonged stress. So, and the result is that it will affect your physical health, your mental health, and you feel emotionally exhausted all of the time. Yeah, so some people say they feel burned out, but it's not really what would be classified as burnout in Mm. that sort of term. Yeah. You know, there's often times when we feel really tired, exhausted, but burnout can be a lot more severe for a lot of people. I mean, I remember years ago, um, I was working with somebody, and this was a long, long time ago, who um, had a very high-powered job in working in stocks and trading, kind of thought that they loved their job, went in with lots of excitement and then just one day woke up and got on a plane to another country for six months, didn't even tell their employer they were leaving because wow. they just, just couldn't face going to the office. Had enough. So yeah, mm. they just they just had enough and it was this mm. this like something something snapped. And yeah. it's like they didn't even realise that this that they were under such stress for such a long time mm. until it was too late and they just they just couldn't face going into the office. Yeah, and it's also in uh, in our line of work, in the work of therapy. Of course, burnout is a term that was often used uh, when you have had emotional drainage, so to speak. You're overloaded with emotional stress. Um, because, of course, in the work of you know therapy, you absorb a lot of the stresses and emotional uh, distress uh, of your clients. So that can so burnout can also be. Uh, can actually manifest quite frequently in our profession, can't it? And I know this sometimes, I feel, I get to this point where I notice I've been kind of feeling a bit overwhelmed for a period of time and I need to have a bit of down time so that I don't get into into burnout. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, it's recognising when you are under stress mm. is important because burnout is, is usually from uh, excessive and prolonged stress. Mm-hmm. And, and some of the challenges are sometimes people don't, recognize that stress when it happens because Mm -hmm. like this person I was talking about thought that he really loved the work it was exciting and kind of but the thing is the adrenaline was going through his system every day Mm -hmm. and although there was that excitement it's like your body can only take so much Mm -hmm. it's partly chemical as well with the burnout in Mm -hmm. terms of the the kind of the 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 hormones and neurotransmitters going through the system Mm -hmm. um but it's when you get to that point when you just yeah something kind of changes something kind of go what you yeah I mean it's not just like I said I think sometimes people use terms like burnout a bit too Mm. easily I think we all do Mm. it's like you know so many terms in psychology that are Mm. now just used by everybody you know in terms of I think even 
things like gaslighting and things. Some of these yeah. times these things are thrown around just for even the slightest thing when mm. maybe it doesn't actually match what really is. We're talking about something that, mm. you know, like this person suddenly couldn't go to the office for six months or a year. There was someone else I um, spoke to a long time ago who, when they were under excessive burnout, again, in a very high-pressure job, but also issues in a relationship were going on, mm. also building work that had gone wrong, and um, this person's hair fell out. Yeah. They lost, this woman, her, mm. her hair just fell out. Mm. Yes, absolutely. Like, yeah. Really severe physical symptoms, and we'll look at them in a minute as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, burnout. Yeah, so it's a sort of gradual process, burnout, isn't it? It leads there's a, there's a lead up to burnout. It doesn't just happen overnight. It's not quite the same as stress, and we, we have a look in a minute as well and look at the sort of the differences between stress and burnout. Um, but if you are um, if you are experiencing any of the following kind of symptoms, then you may well be on on the road to burnout in the long run. So if you kind of think of every day as being a really bad day. Uh, and that goes on for quite some time. Um, if you are um, exhausted pretty much all of the time, um, if you find most of the, the tasks, the work that you have to do really overwhelming or boring or um, or just too much for you or just too dull, then that might be a sign of burnout. And also, interestingly enough, um, you can also go with burnout, you can go into this kind of shutdown where you basically... You feel nothing. Nothing actually makes any difference anymore. You don't experience joy. You don't experience excitement. You don't feel appreciated. Um, so that might also be a sign that you are experiencing burnout. So it's 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 um it's a number of symptoms that you might experience. It's not very clearly defined because just to be clear that burnout is not a clinical term. It's uh, as I said at the beginning. It's a kind of cluster, a description of various symptoms. Yeah. And, and again, you know, some of those signs, they're not necessarily that you are on the road to burnout. I mean, I know, you know, some friends of mine who, you know, for, for 40 years in their job every day, they thought was a bad day. And they thought that everything they did in their job was mind-numbingly dull. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> overwhelming. But, yeah. you know, so it's not sure. necessarily always the case you're on the road to, road to burnout. But you do need to identify them. And if you notice know, some of these symptoms just be aware that they could be red flags that you need to address. And I think the other uh, thing worth mentioning here is that a lot of the symptoms of burnout are not too dissimilar uh, or compared to the symptoms of depression. So I think, and I wonder what's what really. I mean, I imagine if you're consistently feeling um, burned out for a long period of time, then obviously... Uh, and that, and you struggle with motivation, you struggle with sleep, you struggle with tiredness, you struggle with uh, a, a loss of a sense of hope. Then these, of course, are also symptoms that ultimately describe depression. Uh, and if it gets chronic, uh, you know, we talk about chronic depression if it lasts for, or enduring depression if it lasts for more than a year. So I think there's a lot of overlap here between depression and and burnout. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I suppose at the end of the day as well, they're just a series of symptoms that someone puts a label onto and some sure. of them cross over. Um, and again, depression isn't the same for no. two people anyway. It's, yeah. it's an experience. And sometimes the fact that we label something makes mm. it sound like, well, this is the same for person A and person B. Well, absolutely. But it's not. It's, no. you know, it's just, it just helps sometimes to give things a label because we might know how mm. to maybe to work with it. Or if you're going to the doctor that they have an understanding of 
some of the, some of the ways they could work with medication and things. But yeah. you know, sometimes sometimes you know it's useful to have a label, but sometimes no, it's just it describing isn't. symptoms, isn't yeah. it? It's giving a name to yeah. a, a cluster or a, a series of symptoms, like with with burnout. So if we look at some physical symptoms. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're, you know, the sense of being tired and drained all of the time, having nothing to give anymore. Um, often also, um, what might be a presentation of burnout is if you constantly get ill all the time, you get every cold that's going, every, you know, when there's flu around, you might get flu, you're constantly ill, you notice that your immune system is somehow compromised, that might be a sign of burnout. Yeah, so we can classify it into three different areas, really. So physical signs and symptoms. We have emotional signs and symptoms and behavioural signs and symptoms. So, like, again, more physical ones, adding to what you said, was with this person I worked with whose hair fell out. I mean, this was directly related to too much extreme stress and burnout. Uh, again, frequent headaches, muscle pain, um, problems with sleeping. Yeah. Then we have emotional signs um, or symptoms of burnout. So you talked about some of these already. So mm-hmm. like loss of motivation, um, that sense of failure, sense of doubting yourself or feeling helpless, feeling defeated, mm-hmm. often feeling really alone, feeling that you're all on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and that maybe that sense of dullness or not having satisfaction in what you're doing. Mm, it's interesting. And then there's behavioural. Yeah. Their behavioural symptoms. Yeah, I was just sorry. Sorry, as you were just talking about these emotional signs, quite interesting because I was thinking, this is often there's so much overlap, isn't there, with other presentations? I was thinking often that's what uh, a lot of people describe when they talk about midlife crisis as well. This sense of, uh, you know, loss of motivation, feeling tired all of the time, not having a very positive outlook on life, and feeling that something needs to change. But, and that, I think, when we talk about midlife crisis, that can also be a response to feeling constantly uh, burned down, so to speak, and not satisfied in our role anymore. Anyway, that yeah. was just well, a, that, that that was just that a sideline. Maybe yeah. we could talk about that in another podcast, because yeah. I think that's also lots of sense of meaning. Because yeah. once we get to the midlife, it's that sense of, well, there's only a certain part of the life left, and have I really lived a life of value? Have I lived a life which is fulfilling or meaningful, which is very different from... Burnout. Yeah, no, I agree. Similar sort of symptoms. The symptoms, the physical or emotional symptoms, are quite often the same. So, but yeah, let's do another podcast on, on, uh, uh, on midlife crisis. Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about behavioural signs. Yeah, yeah, behavioural signs. So, what what might you be displaying in terms of behavioural presentations when you are struggling with burnout? Might be that you start to um, isolate from others, and this is also where it links to relationships of course that you kind of step away you withdraw a little bit more because you feel overwhelmed all of the time with emotional demands you feel exhausted there might not be much capacity to connect with others so isolating yourself stepping back withdrawing might be um, a sign of um, behavioral um, uh, a behavioral sign of burnout yeah or uh, procrastination can be a sign of burnout, just taking a lot of time, just sort of starting things or not starting things, and not getting things done, basically. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so it's, you, you, with behavioural things, it really is like this person I spoke about earlier, the other person, which is actually just not going to work, mm. coming in late, leaving early, and basically not caring. I mean, I think that's the difference, and mm. that's also the difference between stress and burnout. 
is we've talked about we talked about in the previous podcast um, about stress. I think we mm. did one on stress, yeah, yeah, yeah. but stress can be positive and negative. Is that positive stress? We need some stress, which is often termed eustress, eu stress, mm. um, because that gives us the motivation. So motivation. If we didn't have any stress, we wouldn't do anything. Mm. But when stress becomes too much, it can become negative stress, so distress. Mm. Um, so too much stress, essentially, it's like we have pressures, but we basically, we, we feel that we need to get things under control to be better. But with burnout, that's really where you get to this stage where you feel just exhausted, devoid of motivation. Mm. So, and you just don't care. Mm. So you get to the point where it's like, if there was stress, it doesn't energise you in any way, uh, but you just don't care. So you get on that plane, you go to another country and just leave the job and you just you just don't care. You just feel you've had enough. It, you basically, you know, it's about not having enough. Mm. So you don't see any hope of change in a situation. Mm. So you feel that you're kind of like completely dried up. Um, so, yeah, so it's yes. kind of a key difference. Yeah, and also in your emotional reactions there might be a difference. So if you are very stressed, you might often have a tendency to overreact. So you might flare up a little bit more, you might be, because you're more frustrated, you might be uh, often more angry or display anger more easily or more readily uh, under stress. Whereas if you are burned out, you don't even have energy for that, you're basically quite floppy in your emotional responses and quite blunted so there's there's nothing much going on you're quite muted and shut down emotionally um also uh when there is um stress in your life you're more likely to hyperact to be hyperactive to do lots of things so if you're constantly sort of rotating you're constantly running around you're doing this you're doing that whereas if you are um, experiencing burnout again, your your reactivity kind of shuts down. You're much more likely to respond with a sense of hopelessness, helplessness, this kind of frozen state um, generally, where you just feel like all you can do is kind of curl up somewhere and and hope for the best. Yeah, and there's a sense of emotional disengagement and detach. Well, being detached, mm. uh, emotions tend to be numbed mm. or blunted, which mm. again you see in relationships can have a huge effect as well. Mm. You know, if you get burnouts in work, it will also affect your relationships, where you know you don't have, you just feel numb. Mm. I mean, I've seen works with several people with this, mm. where they felt like almost being a zombie. Mm because mm. they don't have any emotions and they can't enjoy, for example, their children, their young child's birthday or mm. um, whatever it happens to be. Yeah. Um, and the primary damage with uh, burnout is emotional, whereas with stress, it's, it's usually more physical. Mm, that's right, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so how do we get there? How do we get to this state of burnout? I mean, what actually leads us to a sense of feeling completely burned out? Right. Um, often this isn't a guide as into like how can you go into <laughs> yes. I mean you know what what is it that kind of gets you there I mean obviously it's a, a, a chronic kind of overload of tasks that's one thing it's like when you're constantly juggling um, and you have this kind of Sisyphus task of rolling back, rolling up the stone the stone up the hill and it constantly keeps rolling back so it seems like endless there's never an end inside um, and and whatever you do is not going to be enough that really, after a while, creates this sense of, well, why do I even bother here? Yeah, I can't do this anymore. It keeps on going, going, going. 
And when there's no sense of control over this, when you feel like you can't change it at all, demands are being made on you, you're helpless, um, you have no, uh, you're not in charge of your life, um, somebody else is kind of setting the tone and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, and there are many factors in lifestyle, lifestyle kind of influences as well. So it's not just in terms of work or other things, also personality traits. So some of the traits you've, you may have developed, again, whether you're born with them or whether they develop through nurture, you know, there's constantly arguments about that. Um, yeah. But also in work, it's, it's about recognition. If you don't get recognition for good work, Mm. That can be a contributory factor. Mm. So these are kind of key things. Mm. When things are monotonous, when things are high challenge, high pressure all the time. Like I said, this person I worked with thought he loved his job, but it was such high pressure that suddenly that came to the point when he just couldn't take it. Mm. Um, and so in terms of lifestyle causes, it could be also lack of supportive relationships. And this is important. We talked about... Um, as well when we talked about the podcast on the polyvagal system I think mm, we mm. talked about there the importance of relationships mm, mm. Um, so you know making sure we have close relationships making sure you take time to socialize relax mm. um, but also not getting enough sleep mm. not eating properly mm. you know some of these things not having balance in your food mm. you know these things are going to be a factor too and your know, drug use as well which sometimes your burnout leads to more drug use, but mm. drug use is also, or out too much alcohol use, mm. is likely to have a, a, a fact, be a factor in terms of contributing to burnout. Mm. Yeah, and I think what's also interesting is often um, there, there. If you have particular tendencies, I think you mentioned this earlier on. So, for example, if you are a perfectionist, you're much more likely to experience burnout, and I, I hear this quite a lot. Uh, from clients I work with who always try to get everything right. But if you always try to get everything right and there's just too much to get right, then at some point, you, you know, there comes this point where you can't you can't cope anymore and you feel like nothing that you do is ever good enough. You have to kind of constantly try and the trying is never rewarded. So, so perfectionism can lead to a lot of problems in that regard. Um, or, of course, you know... Um, uh, often but not always that might go hand in hand with uh, an underestimation of your capabilities and your capacity so if you kind of feel like I'm, ne I'm never good enough um, I'm never I can never meet everyone else's demands then obviously you're more likely to kind of tip over into into this kind of experience of burnout as well yeah absolutely so in terms of how you deal with burnout well first of all recognizing the signs that things are building up and this is one of the challenges is that you know, a lot of us, we don't have that awareness. So I think we've talked about in lots of podcasts, the importance of developing your self-awareness, mm. noticing how you're feeling physically, how you're feeling emotionally, being able to kind of scan for that regularly and notice, you know, where are you at the moment? What's going on within you so that you can start to take action on some of those things? Mm. Um, but we sometimes it's talked about with dealing with burnout, uh, there's a three our approach which is first of all to recognize so watching for the warning signs of burnout which is what we talked about already mm -hmm. um, reverse which is about seeking support and finding ways to deal with the effects of burnout uh, and also managing stress so finding ways to deal with stress because although as we said stress isn't burnout stress is a contributory factor to burnout or it can be 
then resilience is uh, finding ways to take care of your physical and emotional health. Mm. And I think resilience, the more you build your resilience, the more you will become more um, able to not get to that space of burnout. Mm. Um, so there have been studies with some approaches, like with um, actor acceptance and commitment therapy, where uh, when people learn some of these principles, that they're, they're more resilient to burnout. Mm -hmm. Because it's changed the way that you kind of view these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so what do you do about it? Um, I think one of the worst things that you can do is isolate yourself and just sort of keep it all in, so to speak, to not talk about it, to to kind of suffer alone, so to speak. Um, what's really helpful is to um, to talk to other people about it, to externalize um, by describing what you're experiencing or to have some fun, for example, if you you know if you still have capacity for that, probably you might not with burnout, but to to be um, sociable with others, um, to kind of share your burden, so to speak. Um, so if this is at work, of course, um, most of the burnout is experienced within the work context. Then it does actually help to have a good moan about your workplace sometimes to your co-workers and have a discussion about it and. And, uh, and describe what you're experiencing. Sometimes just noticing that you're not alone in this situation might make a difference, that other people might find the workload equally as challenging as you do. That might kind of put it a little bit more into perspective and, and make you feel less uh, incapable or having less, you know, having less of a sense of this is all my fault because I'm not close, I'm not good enough at this. So reach out, and of course, if you are in a relationship, it does help, doesn't it, to um, talk to your partner about your experiences rather than to shut down. And often partners, particularly if they tend to be uh, a little bit more avoidant in their presentation, generally where they feel like they need to manage this, they need to be independent, they need to kind of get on with it by themselves. If they have that kind of driver, that way of thinking, they might struggle to communicate the difficulties to their partner. But it really is important not to do that because it isolates you even further. Yeah, and we know that, um, again, when we talked about the polyvagal system, that speaking to somebody face-to-face uh, -face is one of the best ways to calm your nervous system. So that's really, really important to do that. And, and although you said about having a moan, it's not necessarily about moaning, it's just about talking with somebody, connecting, making connections. Mm. Um, in fact, you know, what's useful is to limit your contact with negative people. So actually, if you're in the workplace and the other person is quite negative as well, that may actually not help you. You want to kind of it's talk true. to someone who's going to listen, but not where you're just going to moan, not where you're going to increase the negativity because what you want to do is be able to kind of have somebody listen to that mm. um so also in in terms of um helping other people and this might sound contrary is that you know we know from positive psychology and other studies that giving is actually a very powerful thing so mm. you know we want you don't want to take on too much it's not about taking on loads and loads of things but sometimes helping other people doesn't take much time or effort just a little things like saying something nice to somebody or holding the door open for somebody it makes you feel better mm. and it's found that this can be very powerful in terms of helping us to feel better about ourselves mm -hmm. yeah and of course ultimately um in the longer run there needs to be some way of engaging differently with your with your work if that's the cause of the of the uh, stressor in the first place 
you need to find some different way of uh, some dif- establishing a different relationship with your work. And I know that's more easily said than done if you're working in a high-pressure environment. But really, <clears throat> you know, to to re-evaluate, is this really, is this, is this a situa- situation of life and death if I continue at this pace? at this pace and it might be but it's your life basically that's at risk here yeah so evaluate is it really necessary that i dedicate all of my life with quite the same level of determination to this particular job that i'm in yeah so that's some of the other things is trying to find value in your work as well so that mm. kind of relates to what you said is that you know trying to find out the aspects of the job that you do enjoy so finding you know finding things about your job that can be fulfilling Mm. Um, having more sense of purpose, control, maybe even looking for a different job, mm. or finding balance in your life outside of hobbies or things mm. that you can do. Mm. Uh, we also know that exercise is really important. Mm. So, mm. you know, often when you're burned out, you don't feel like doing it. Yeah. But it's been found that, you know, if you do some exercise for 30 minutes or more a day, and it can be in bursts of 10 minutes even, mm. that can improve your mood for several hours. Mm. So, walking, running, sort of swimming, weight training, anything at all, or just going dancing, these things have been found to kind of be very positive, a positive effect on your mood. Yeah, or creative tasks, you know, creative, um, uh, creative activities, not tasks. If tasks sounds too hard, it's not really the point. So creative uh, activities can really be helpful and, and offer some kind of counterbalance because you can immerse yourself into something that you might experience as as joyful. So for me, it's painting. If I have enough time for painting, I can completely lose myself in the task. It's quite mindful, so to speak, as well, to do something creative, I think, because you can focus very much on the here and now and kind of shutting out any stresses that might be going on in the rest of your life. Yeah. And then a few more things in terms of diet as well. So it's thinking about, you know, avoiding too much alcohol, so keeping that... You know, drinking alcohol in moderation, um, avoiding smoking, cutting down on sugar and uh, like refined carbohydrates. So some mm. of these things can lead to a crash in mood and energy. Mm. Um, and just think about balancing your food. So um, balancing out sort of fruit, vegetables, kind of just making sure you're getting enough of the vitamins and nutrients that, that can help you mm. uh, physically. Yeah. But I think ultimately it's about a shift in attitude, isn't it? I think that's the most important factor in all of this um, it's kind of remembering or reminding yourself that actually you are worth taking care of you're worth looking after Um, and even if this requires it might require some more drastic changes in your life with in in relation to all of what we've talked about Um, but if you don't take that step back uh, if you don't actually really uh, make some steps to make changes in your life you're going to likely to be really stuck in this uh, cycle. Um, and um, and ultimately, uh, you, you could get really unwell over a long period of time. Yeah, and I think the key thing to take away from this as well is that, you know, just be aware of those signs that you've got too much stress over a long period of time mm. and take action before it's too late. So don't yeah. do some of those things. Think about some of the things we've talked about because if you take action now, you can... You can prevent these things. So it's something that you can prevent. Um, but just be aware of it. Uh, and be aware as well, you know, in terms of burnout has an effect not just in your life, but on your relationships. So, you know, this podcast is about relationships primarily. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's really important to notice that burnout at work 
can have a huge impact on your own relationships. Mm. So take action and do something about it before it gets too much. Yeah, that's where we want to leave it, really. Yeah. Great. Great. So uh, please tune in next week and press subscribe so you can listen to every episode of our podcast. And we look forward to speaking with you next week. Take good care. Until then, bye for now. Bye.